0: Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world, whatever time it is, you are listening to the ABC7 Sports In Between the Lines podcast. We are coming to you from Sarasota, Florida. It's not very chilly this week, at least not so far, but changes definitely could be on the way. I am the one they call the X Factor, Xavier McKnight.
1: And I'm James Hill.
0: And oh man, James, do I have some people ruffled their feathers and they are absolutely mad at me for my take on Florida State and them not making it into the college football playoff. There are some viewers who kindly decided to let me know how they felt about me voicing my opinion on that yesterday. We'll touch on that in quite a few, but it's a big week here on the Sun Coast for a multitude of reasons. We have two local high school football teams who are headed to Tallahassee to play in state championship games. It's been a long time since we've had at least two doing it. Now, one of the ones who are going, this is something that at this point we've become used to them doing. That would be the Venice Indians. But for the first time in 51 years, the Cardinal Mooney Cougars, are going to play for a state title. They haven't won a title since 1972. Now, James, in college, I was a history minor. I've always loved history. I've always been a big history buff. So allow me to go into my historical bag here for a second, if I may, to take people back to a moment in time of some things that were happening in the year of 1972. All in the Family was the hit show on TVs across America, Sanford and Son was making their way to being one of the hit shows on TVs across America. Richard Nixon was the president. Hip hop had not officially been born yet. Wilt Chamberlain, Jerry West, and Gail Goodrich, and a retired Elgin Baylor were the stars of the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm. That's just a few things to name a few. But you get the point of what I'm saying here. It's been a long time. And, and look at what these young men have been able to accomplish. It, it's been quite a journey for Coach Clark and those players. But congratulations are indeed in order, even though there is more work to be done.
1: Uh, definitely a shout-out to Cardinal Mooney Catholic High School. When you think about uh, that period of time, you're talking about way back in 1972, um, the early days, the good old days and uh, during that time period, a very interesting time in our country, and obviously you just alluded to some of the things that were taking place during those times, Uh, a more simpler time, and uh, certainly the team was there, and now they're back, so they have to uh, do whatever they have to do to win one more game, and I'm sure right now somewhere Coach Clark and Carson Beach and Zai Lang and and all of the gentlemen over there are trying to figure out what we need to do. We as in Cardinal Mooney Cougars, what can happen to make this thing happen? They want to win one more football game so they can take this thing with them forever.
0: Well, I can tell you for a fact, I've had a chance to speak to quite a few folks over there for the past few days. There is a lot of excitement in the air. There's a lot of anticipation in the air. But the focus is where it needs to be. They are focused on Trinity Catholic. They are focused on the Celtics. They know that they have a tough matchup coming in, but they believe that they are also a tough matchup. And we know that they're a tough matchup, too. I. I don't think I've seen a high school during my time down here in this area that has as many skills, positions, players that are as good as the players that are currently playing in those skills positions at Cardinal Mooney. They are deep. You talk about Lane, Carson Beach, Teddy Foster. That's just to name a few. They have younger players who also get minutes in these games too. So that's going to be something to look out for for the future beyond this season. But they are absolutely deep. Coach Clark and his staff, they have done a remarkable, remarkable job of building this team up. James, we were out there during the summer and we saw what this team was building itself up to be during training camp and we we saw the tough the toughness the discipline the demand for greatness that was out there on display and I'm not saying that that didn't necessarily exist before because I don't know that for a fact but the results yielded itself with it this year when they When they rolled into the postseason, they didn't just beat opponents by barely squeaking out or playing these close contests. They blew out everybody they played in the playoffs. It was not close at all in any of these matchups.
1: High-powered offense. Uh, Carson is, uh, Mr. Beach, is running the ball downhill, running off tackle, and and really just a a gritty, hard-nosed uh, a runner, uh, he, you know, he's very talented, and then, you know, I keep going back to their defense, that two-headed monster, you know, the Southeastern Conference, uh, two of them, if you will, when you look at uh, Teddy Foster, and then you look over at uh, Mr. Lang, you can throw it back there if you want to, either way, and, and you know, you can pick your poison, because if you, if you go to this side or that side, it, it's just a problem. And so they have a lot of skilled players. Uh, They're very well disciplined. They're very well coached. Uh, A great program, a backing, good education. They're good people. And uh, they're going to be a formidable team going into Tallahassee against uh, Trinity. And obviously Trinity is is a, a very good program, uh, this will make for a good game on, on Friday morning, and, and I will definitely uh, have get up early and drink some coffee and, and look forward to that one.
0: Now my only concern about this for them, James, meaning Cardinal Mooney, is like I said, they've blown out every single opponent they've played, so they're used to routing people. If you end up in a tough nail-biter with a team like Trinity – I'm concerned on if that can play out in their favor because that's when you have to just play good situation football. That is when players go out and play and coaches go out and coach, and it's going to come down to may the best matchup truly win. It's, it's not going to be one of those situations where, oh, this game was over the minute the ball was kicked off.
1: Definitely. Uh, you talk about uh, ball security, running the ball, and taking care of the ball, and valuing each possession. Uh, you talk about staying away from flags and, and, and penalties and anything that can hurt you down the stretch because the good teams, they come out there and they don't make too many mistakes. They're not going to beat themselves, and they're not going to quit. So you have to go out there and, and, and really execute your game plan. If not, you could uh, go home empty-handed. Uh, we've seen it before. It happens in sports and uh, may the best teams win. And, again, uh, these games will be, uh, they should be very great.
0: So this game will take place on this Friday morning at 10 a.m. at Bragg Stadium on the campus of Florida A&M University, better known as FAMU. Cardinal Mooney, Trinity Catholic, we will be there James will be there providing that coverage. We will have you covered throughout the day. We cannot wait. Before we jump on to the next team at hand, though, I want to say a huge congratulations to Carson Beach. He was our ABC7 Sports Athlete of the Week for this week, a remarkable young man. We know what he can do on the football field, but he is a special person indeed. But, you know, we talk about him being a downhill runner. I had the chance to speak with Carson And he just kept going on and on and on about how Christian McCaffrey is his favorite football player. And honestly, if you watch Christian McCaffrey's running style and you watch Carson Beach's running style, it is very similar. It's like he has studied Christian McCaffrey and his style down to a T if you honestly sit there and watch it. Watching Carson Beach run now, the way that he runs that football, especially when he gets downhill, it's like watching Christian McCaffrey when he was on the Carolina Panthers. I don't see him do it as much now with the San Francisco 49ers, but when he was on the Carolina Panthers, he was truly a downhill runner that you could not stop. And that's what defenses have had to deal with all season with Carson Beach.
1: A very good player, a heady player. Uh, he takes what the defense gives him, and then he also uh, bites off big big yardage. Uh, as he really surveys the field and, and, and kind of goes through uh, the plays. Uh, very crafty, skilled, reads the defenses, goes behind, runs behind blocking. Uh, just a, a, a really good uh, student athlete, and I'm sure uh, with that type of mentality, he's good in the classroom also. And if you study uh, Mr. McCaffrey, and, and not only what he's doing out in San Francisco, but if you look at what he was able to do back in his days playing uh, in Charlotte with the Carolina Panthers, uh, you know that got him big contracts and got him uh, really to the next level. And certainly he's played very well. And so for him to pattern his game after that, uh, uh, as in Carson Beach, patterning his game after uh, McCaffrey, that's special.
0: And he's been a star on this team since he stepped foot on campus as a freshman four years ago, and it could all culminate on Friday with bringing a trophy back to close out your high school career. Talk about a special moment indeed. So once again, Cardinal Mooney and Trinity Catholic, the Celtics, they are in action this Friday at 10 a.m. in Tallahassee at Bragg Stadium on FAMU's campus classes have also been canceled for students on friday at cardinal mooney as well there is going to be a watch party at miller's ale house on b ridge road i don't know if the students are actually going to be invited to go to that i I, I need to go ahead and put an emphasis on that but there's a watch party happening there for those who would like to watch the game but there is another team that's playing Oh, James, did you have something else that you wanted to add to that?
1: No, that's basically it, but but definitely watch parties and, and, and the support is second to none when you think about Cardinal Mooney. They really love their team, and their game day atmosphere is phenomenal.
0: Speaking of phenomenal atmospheres, the Venice Indians are headed back to another championship, uh, but you're used to us saying that by now because this is year three in a row for them. And, oh, boy, are they focused and do they have revenge on their minds because they are taking on the same team that beat them for the state championship last year. That would be Lakeland, ladies and gentlemen. Lakeland and Venice are going to get it on again for round two. This Saturday, Bragg Stadium on FAMU's campus at 8 p.m. And the Indians... They've been rolling. They are now on a, I believe, 13-game winning streak after starting the season 0-2. and They have now just rolled off 13 straight wins, and the playoffs for Venice also have not been very close. And James, you had a chance to actually step out earlier today and go down to the football practice at Venice. Tell us, what's the atmosphere like down there right now?
1: Uh, The atmosphere, I would say, at Venice is very uh, structured, very focused. Uh, They're not joking. They're not laughing. They're not uh, trash-talking. They're kind of uh, methodical and kind of going through the process. You could tell they're really, really locked in, so to speak, and they're really focusing on the task at hand. Uh, They have to go up to Tallahassee and look this team in the eyes uh, inside their helmets uh, of a team that took something from them last year, and that was a state championship. So they have to go back and correct that and redeem that. And different teams, different season, but they're looking at that jersey. They want to defeat Lakeland and send them back home empty-handed. Uh, last year, uh, as you know, 21-14, uh, to 14, the final Down in Fort Lauderdale, Pink Stadium, Uh, just one play, you know, there's many plays in a game, but a lot of people feel like just one play separated the uh, final in that game, and uh, for Venice, uh, they look like they are ready to come back. And uh, get it on, so to speak. Should be a great game.
0: So you heard it there. There are no games being played down in South County right now. They are solely focused and they are locked in on what's happening there. Although for the fans, there will be watch parties as well for what's happening there. Once we have some more details, we'll be bringing those to you as well with that. But Venice, as we said, listen, this is the third year in a row for this program. They're accustomed to success at this point they have many players on that team who, you know, this is their first time going to the Big Dance, but they are getting ready to head off to college here pretty soon as well. I mean, this is this is what they do. As they say down at Venice, it's different here.
1: Very uh structured, very organized. Uh coach Peacock and his guys uh they're really really uh focused. And uh Charles Lester the 3rd as well as Glasser and Several guys are on that team that were not a part of that team last year. And so whenever you bring in new players, uh, they are there so they can help win at the end of the year. And that's what they look like they're about to do. But obviously we have to cover it and see what happens. But they are ready to go, and it looks like they are very, very much so locked in.
0: James, I'm going to go ahead and give you my early opinion on this. And maybe this is just me wanting us to have another state champion again because we already have out of door academy of course we're rooted for Cardinal Mooney to do their thing I think Venice's rushing attack of Alvin Johnson the third and Jamas Wilder is going to eat Lakeland alive
1: and then also you look at their defense and then you also look at a glasser uh the quarterback uh Venice has a lot of speed as you just alluded to uh Zicaro, uh. He's capable of running them back. Um, They're a really, really fun team to watch.
0: Yes, Venice. Once again, they are taking on Lakeland this Saturday at 8 p.m. at Bragg Stadium in Tallahassee on the campus of Florida A&M University, better known as FAMU. Other big things happening on the Suncoast this week as well, the World Champions Cup golf tournament at the concession in Bradenton. And we are excited for this as well. This is a huge deal for the community. There are going to be some heavy hitters in town tomorrow to say the least or throughout the course of the week. And we're just excited, especially with what this means for the community, the growth of what it means for this area. We know that the game of golf is a beloved game in this area. We have quite a few pro golfers who live here locally But to have a whole tournament that is coming to this area that's going to be covered on the big networks, and, of course, we're going to have you covered right here on ABC7 with all of this coverage as well. But it's a huge deal, and, you know, you just can't say enough about the job that has been done to really help bring this thing together.
1: You know, to have something like this come to the Sun Coast. Uh, not only for the golf community, but just the economic impact of it. Um, you talk about the gas stations, the hotels, the restaurants, uh, the travel part, portion of it, and, and just everybody who can get a piece of the, of the pie or the action, if you will. And then also the, the golf should be really good golf, high level golf. And, and as you say, a lot of heavy hitters and a lot of people come in through the Sun Coast. They want to relax, usually going to the beach and spending time with their families, uh, and, they, and they pretty much kind of just come in, post up, and relax. But this time, they get an opportunity to see some golf, participate in some golf. This should really be a fun fun weekend, and this thing will only get bigger and better and, and, and grow as it, as it goes forward.
0: And that's something that I'm looking forward to talking to other golf pros in our community about. Just what this means for the community and their opinion going forward. How much more of this do you believe we're going to see in this area? Is it going to go beyond the concession? Just different things like that. Tomorrow is the media day for the event. We we will be in attendance for that. The tournament itself starts on Thursday, and it's going to run all the way through Sunday. So we'll have you covered with all of that right here on ABC7. Speaking of things to have you covered. It's time for the main event portion of the show. (laughs) Well, the college football playoff, we know who's going to play and we know who's not going to be there. We have Michigan, we have Washington, we have Texas, and we have Alabama. And James, after everything shaked out the way that it did on Saturday, those were actually my four coming in. When I went to sleep on Saturday night, I'm like, no, those are the four best to go represent college football in the big dance if you want to have a chance to have the big matchup. Now, I knew that Florida State would be a wild card in all of this, but I thought that definitely with Alabama, hey, you beat Georgia, 29-game winning streak, reigning two-time national champions, and you play in the SEC. The committee's not leaving the SEC out of the college football playoff tournament, so they were going to get in. After Alabama beats Georgia, though, earlier in the season, Alabama's only loss came against Texas. So Texas has not lost but one game itself as well. Texas now also has to get in. Washington is undefeated. Played a phenomenal Pac-12 championship game on Friday. We sat here and watched it as we were preparing to go on the air. And, of course, there's Michigan. Oh, everybody has something to say about Michigan these days. And Coach Jim Harbaugh, when I look at him, I mean, you can throw the sign still and stuff out of the window. That is a well-oiled machine of a football team. And, of course, there's undefeated ACC champions Florida State who, unfortunately, that means they end up getting left out. And I want to preface that again because it's absolutely unfortunate that they ended up getting left out. But I'm about to ruffle some feathers again with what I'm about to say. The committee made the right decision by putting these four teams in. You have to weigh in the fact that Jordan Travis, the starting quarterback of the Seminoles, he is not healthy. And I do understand that this team is much more than their quarterback. But their offense does not have a pulse without Jordan Travis back there taking the snaps. Did you In the two games, since Jordan Travis's horrific leg injury they played a bad Florida team we don't even know if Billy Napier is going to be brought back as the head coach they played a bad Florida team and barely beat them then you go to the ACC championship and you play against a Louisville team that's really not that dynamic if you've watched Louisville all season and you barely beat them and I already know people are going to say, well, you, you say that about us not having our starter, but what about when Ohio State lost their starter in 2014? And I'm, I'm glad that everybody wants to bring that up because there's a key point in that that everybody forgets about. Ohio State went to the Big Ten Championship and played Wisconsin and beat them 59 to nothing that played a huge role into why they ended up getting in even with Cardell Jones at quarterback we we know about the other players that they had there as well Ezekiel Elliott, Michael Thomas that was a well-oiled machine of a team right there but the 59 to 0 in the 59 to 0 in the Big 10 championship is what ultimately helped get them into the playoff that year
1: You know, what's interesting is always the timing of a key loss or a key victory or even the injury, as you say. You look at Florida State, the Florida State University, and they were rolling and they were turning heads, and then their quarterback went down. And that's problematic because of the timing of the situation. So now all of a sudden when it's time for those four teams to be selected at the end of the season – they're not healthy, and it just doesn't happen for them. Now, many people are not happy about that situation, um, and I can even say it this way. I'll say it this way. I talked to a young man who is a high school football phenom, and his future is with with one of the teams that we're talking about, and he's not even there yet, and he doesn't appreciate them being left out, you know, that kind of thing, you know, but when you look at Alabama, Alabama beat UGA, and so, hey, it is what it is, they they're going back, and, you know, obviously Washington was special out west, and the Pac-12 is going away, and teams are moving on to the Big Ten, you look at what Texas is doing, and eventually they're coming over to the SEC, and in Michigan, right? They beat the Ohio State, the Ohio State University. And by the way, their quarterback is in the transfer portal now. Um, Guys are moving around. I know that's a different sidebar. But the moral of the story is, is, it's, you know, right now there's only room for four. Next year you get 12 teams in. So, you know, Florida State, Georgia there's teams sitting at home they will eat popcorn and some of those teams feel like they should be there and rightfully so some of them should be there but you can only pick four teams and it's the timing of it and that's the challenging part but next year you get 12 teams in
0: and if you're not able to get in as a part of those 12 teams I'm sorry you don't deserve to go like, I mean that's just point blank period but listen all love to Florida State no hatred to Florida State in any way whatsoever what I'm saying. If Florida State had not made it in, I wouldn't be out here saying the committee got it wrong. I'd be happy for Florida State and we'd be rolling with that. But the young man that you spoke to, he's not going to be very happy with what I'm about to emphasize again. The committee got it right. I'm sorry to tell you this, folks. The committee, they, 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 listen, the committee has for two years prior to this, in my opinion, And it's also happened in other years as well. This college football playoff committee of this four teams, it's been a thing since 2014. And the committee has, in some years, the past two prior to this one, They have listened to the fans clamor for their team to get in that they feel deserves to get in because of their record, no matter what the schedule and the strength of the schedule may have looked like, no matter what injuries on the team may look like, they have clamored and they have made noise. The one that stands out in particular the most to me was the year that UCF didn't get in and everyone blew their top about the whole thing and... To me, the committee got it right that year, too. I don't think UCF would have gone into that tournament with Clemson and Alabama potentially being there and having to play them. I just don't think they would have had a great matchup with them that night.
1: I'll give you this real quick. So I've covered uh, teams over the years, and in one particular case, I'll give you this. So I remember covering a game at UCF in recent years, and on their stadium – it says national champions now and and that's a tribute to that ball club who who basically won games but was not recognized at the end of the year so they felt like they are national champions and uh there's several teams over the history of college football who have been undefeated and who have not received the acclaim that they felt they should and uh that's just an example of that but UCF, uh, they feel some kind of way about that.
0: And, And, okay, there are sour grapes that are felt about that. And as you said, there have been many teams in the past that have felt that they've been slighted in any sort of way and they will do something like what UCF did, putting up fake banners of national champions. But let me just ask this. How many of those teams actually come back the next year and prove it again that No, we actually belong here. UCF did not come back the very next year and necessarily prove that they belong. If UCF came back the next year and went undefeated again, I believe they actually would have been able to get into the playoff that time. Because at this point now, you have proven for two years in a row that you can do this. And... Even if it had to just been that number four spot, I believe they would have been playing for a national championship. But it did not happen. But let me just put it like this. with This Florida State team that's undefeated but doesn't have their starting quarterback. Folks, do you really want to take a chance of seeing a Florida State that has no offensive pulse without Jordan Travis go in and basically get steamrolled? By a Michigan or a Washington or a Texas I'm not going to name Alabama in this one right now Because obviously Alabama would be the odd team out If we were to add Florida State in With any of those three teams that I just named Do you really want to take a chance of watching Florida State Potentially get shellacked by one of those three teams The way that Cincinnati was shellacked by Alabama two years ago Do you really want to take a chance of seeing them get shellacked similar fashion the way that TCU was dogged out by Georgia in the national championship just 11 months ago the final score in that game was 65 to 7 I am telling you as a University of Georgia Bulldogs fan born and bred from the state even though I didn't go to the school that red and black is entrenched in my blood as a fan of the team, as much as I enjoy watching them win a second straight national championship, I turned the game off at halftime. I didn't want to see the rest of that. I wanted to watch something that was going to be enjoyable. I wanted UGA to win, but I at least wanted TCU to come put up a fight. You don't it's all about ratings and it's all about money. And Alabama is a big brand, and Nick Saban, no matter and Florida State fans are going to feel a little ruffled about what I'm about to say here because of the late, great Bobby Bowden. Rest his soul. Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach of all time. You're not leaving him out of the tournament if they have the fight to get in. And they beat the SEC champions, folks. And the SEC is the most dominant conference in college football. You, I understand the ACC went 6-4 and four against the SEC this year. That wouldn't happen in bowl games. I'm telling you that right now. So sorry to tell you this, but the committee got it right. And to sniff at the Orange Bowl like it's nothing, that that's one of the big New Year's Day bowl games right there. And you get to play up against Georgia? I mean, you're taking on the team that had won the previous two national championships. Had won 29 games in a row prior to losing on Saturday.
1: How about the Orange Bowl? You know, Kirby brings his guys in. You know, Florida State comes in. It's South Florida. It's the Orange Bowl. I mean, that's a very special, highly coveted experience. Uh, the branding on this thing is 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 great with UGA the Bulldogs and of course uh the Florida State University uh they don't have a quarterback the quarterback is hurt uh, but they have an opportunity to play a good game a good team uh a, a big six uh New year's Day game and uh it's it's not the final four if you will it's 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 the Orange Bowl.
0: And the two matchups that we have, Michigan and Alabama, that's going to be a great game. Michigan doesn't even want to play Alabama. Did you watch the reaction of those players when it was announced that Alabama had the fourth spot instead of Florida State? That's not Michigan feeling bad for Florida State. Michigan thought that they were going to get to play Florida State and roll their way to the national championship game. They don't want to play Alabama. And then there's Washington and Texas. And, James, I got to tell you, I really can't wait for that game. The battle of Quinn Ewers and Michael Penix Jr., those two powerhouse teams that they have right there, oh, my goodness. I think that's going to be reminiscent of when Georgia and Oklahoma played each other a few years ago in the Rose Bowl, and the final score of that was in double overtime, 54-48. to 48. I think we're going to get some classics out of this. But I want to roll through a list of some of these – college football playoff washouts that the committee wanted to avoid by making their decision here folks and you know like I said it's not that the committee doesn't listen to the fans It's that sometimes when they do they end up learning why they should have gone with what would have probably been the best watch there was a year that Michigan State made it in they played Alabama in the Cotton Bowl Michigan State was the three seed they had won the Big Ten Alabama washed them 38 to 0. And we knew that Michigan State had no business on the field with Alabama that day. There was a year where, like I said, two years ago, Cincinnati, they get in and they lose 27 to 6. They couldn't even move the ball against Alabama. And of course, I just mentioned TCU and Georgia. How about in 2019? It was It was the end of 2019 going into 2020 when LSU won the Natty. Joe Burrow, and as far as I'm concerned, listen, I'm not old enough to remember the old one Miami Hurricanes. I I wasn't watching football at that point. It was a few years later for me. As far as I'm concerned, that 2019 LSU team with Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, to me, that's the greatest college football team I've ever seen. It tops that Florida team with Tebow and the Gators in 08. It tops a lot of those UGA teams that I love. It tops a lot of those Bama teams that were top loaded as well. To me, that that was the best college football team I've ever seen. But they took on an Oklahoma team that honestly had no business being in the playoff. The final score in that one was 63-28, to 28, and it honestly shouldn't have been 28 points put on the scoreboard that night by Oklahoma if you watched that game. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just go ahead and leave this alone now because I know that I'm going to continue to just ruffle feathers on this. But I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, the committee got this right. Now, Florida State is a blue blood program, and the good news about that is they're going to continue to get recruits, and they're going to continue to reload, and they're going to have a chance to be right back here next year. And I believe they will. But when Jordan Travis went down, the dream of competing for a national championship was over, whether you went undefeated or not.
1: You know, a lot of people have had a lot of uh, things to say since— Uh, FSU was not selected you know the governor chimed in uh, everybody I mean you can walk in a gas station right now a restaurant uh, definitely a barbershop anywhere you go Walmart anywhere you go and if you engage in exchange with someone they have their opinions on this and and it won't go away and uh, but what we will do is keep our eyes on the final four teams on the CFP as well as the Orange Bowl and uh, all the other top 25 teams
0: you mentioned the governor chiming in and he he wants to actually sue the committee for their decision to not let Florida State in we have senators who are demanding answers. this is absolutely ridiculous folks it's it's a playoff you have a chance to get in next year and you're still playing in one of the big bowl games. You, you guys are honestly acting like at this point the, the, the Florida State fans who are just bent out of shape about this entire thing. You're acting like you went from being able to compete for the national championship potentially to being bumped all the way down to having to play in the Cheez-It Bowl. Come on, guys! Like the Capital One Orange Bowl is a big deal. Last time I checked, the Sugar Bowl, all the, the, the those are big bowl games. All right, you you didn't get invited to go play in the Outback Bowl or the Cheez It Bowl or the Holiday Bowl, ain't you know? Let's let's get a grip here, and just realize that you have a good foundation in place. The conference is getting weaker and weaker in the ACC. So you're probably going to own that for the next few years because the recruits are not flocking to Clemson the way that they once did. And you're going to have a chance to be back here next year. But to say that we demand answers, the answers have been given to you. You're not good enough without Jordan Travis at quarterback to do anything offensively. And I don't want to turn on my TV and watch Michigan beat you 55 to 7. Sorry, it's just how it is.
1: Very interesting times in college football, uh, and that's why we love it. Uh, everyone's passionate about it. Uh, everyone has something to say about it, and it's very interesting. At the end of the day, there are four teams that will move on right now. Everyone else, is, uh, they can't play for a national championship, right? Next season, we get 12 teams in.
0: And I definitely believe that Florida State's going to be a part of those 12 teams. And listen, I want to say this to you guys as well before we decide to end this as a UGA fan. I hear people out there who are saying UGA got slighted. UGA definitely should have still got in. That is their only loss in two and a half years of the reigning two time. No, they didn't. UGA did not get slighted at all I'm telling you this as a diehard UGA fan but who watches these games with biases James what I've learned is that when you are a fan it's best to watch games with your brain and don't bring your heart and your emotions into it because if you do that's when logic ends up getting twisted I'm telling you as a UGA fan My team did not deserve to get into the college football playoff. They did not play well enough to beat Alabama on Saturday. I hear everyone talking about, oh, well, Saban probably paid off the refs. Well, the refs don't have anything to do with the fact that there was a fumble or there was a missed field goal or there was a chance to call a challenge for a play that Alabama had that clearly was an incomplete pass that Kirby Smart just chose not to challenge. It it happens, folks. I would love to sit here and say that my team's having an opportunity to go compete for three straight national championships, but we don't get to say that this morning, and that's okay. And it's okay that Florida State didn't make it into the playoff this year as well. There's always going to be 2024.
1: You know, the tough thing is just the fact that somebody is going to get left out, and that's the part that, is very challenging. There's only room for four, and some way, somehow, some shape, somebody is going to get left out. And these are very good football teams. UGA, Georgia Bulldogs, a very good football team, right? And then Florida State, they're injured right now. Just flat out, their quarterback is hurt. So uh, we'll hear from both of these programs again as well as some of the other schools. Uh, But next season, you get a dozen at the end of the year.
0: But we also need to just go ahead and make note of this, too. Once you add that dozen in, there are still going to be people complaining about that dozen as well. It's never going to be good enough if their team is not good enough to get one of those 12 spots coming up. There are going to be complaints about that, too.
1: Very true. Uh, It's one of those things where... You can't make everybody happy, right? But all you can do is do the best you can. Uh, so we go on from four to twelve, and that's just what it is.
0: But folks, we're going to go ahead and we're going to get out of here. It is championship week on the Sun Coast, Venice, and Cardinal Mooney headed to Tallahassee. ABC 7 crews are headed there to provide you with the coverage as well. The World Champions Cup in golf. It is an exciting time around here, and we cannot wait to bring you all of this coverage. Stay locked, stay loaded, stay warm as well. Until next time, I am the X Factor, Xavier McKnight. And I'm James Hill. And thank you for listening. We will see you later.